The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Monday is always a good day to get a fresh start on things. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, June 28, 2021. Monday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time in the Missal. This is Liturgical Year B, Cycle 1. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the Rosary. And today is the Memorial of St. Irenaeus, Bishop and Martyr. Born in about 130, as Bishop of Lyon, he was especially concerned with the Gnostics, who took their name from the Greek word for knowledge, gnosis. Claiming access to secret knowledge imparted by Jesus to only a few disciples, their teaching was attracting and confusing many Christians. Irenaeus thoroughly investigated the various Gnostic sects and their secret and showed to what logical conclusion their tenets led. He contrasted those with the teaching of the apostles and the text of Holy Scripture, giving us a system of theology of great importance to subsequent times. His work gradually ended the influence of the Gnostics. The circumstances and details of his death are not at all clear. We believe St. Irenaeus was martyred in about the year 202 A.D. St. Irenaeus, pray for us. And let's offer this day to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I unite myself to your perpetual, unceasing, universal sacrifice. I offer myself to you every day of my life and every moment of every day, according to your most holy and adorable will. Since you have been the victim of my salvation, I wish to be the victim of your love. Accept my desire, take my offering, and graciously hear my prayer. Let me live for love of you. Let me die for love of you. Let my last heartbeat be an act of perfect love. Amen. And along with Pope Francis, we pray for young people preparing for marriage with the support of a Christian community. May they grow in love with generosity, faithfulness, and patience. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's 10 Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. When you hear the word vocation, what comes to our mind immediately? Most likely, we think about a priest. He received a vocation to the priesthood and responded yes to that call from God. Or we think about a nun or a friar. She or he has also received a vocation to the religious life and she or he responded yes to that call from God. Or perhaps we can also think about a missionary who, having received a vocation to dedicate his or her entire life in this marvelous adventure, has left the family, the profession, or the country to go wherever the higher authorities will have assigned this missionary to. And these are authentic vocations in the church because 
is you, Jesus, who have called them to dedicate their entire lives to the service of your mystical body in their assigned roles. And Jesus, without them, especially the priests, the church cannot function because it is through the priests that the sacramental graces are dispensed within the church for the sanctification of souls. But what about the rest of the members of the church? The married people, the manual workers, students, physicians, engineers, musicians, garbage collectors. Jesus, did you also call them? Did they also have a vocation? In today's gospel, we're going to hear about a scribe who approached you and asked, said to you, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Who or what was a scribe in Jesus' time? The scribes are the ones who drop legal documents. They copied the Old Testament scripture and devoted themselves to the study of the law and the determination of its applications on daily life. They also studied the scripture with respect to doctrinal and historical matters. In other words, they were equivalent to the present-day lawyers and or notaries. Lord, what a wonderful thing it is to contemplate this scene. Here is a scribe, a Jewish lawyer, who approached you and told you that he wanted to follow you, become your disciple, and dedicate his entire life helping you achieve your heavenly mission. Surely, he must have felt that you were calling him to follow you. Surely, he must have been convinced that he received the vocation from you. But he was not a priest or a Pharisee or a Sadducee who pride themselves in having received the vocation to be a priest or a Pharisee or a Sadducee from God. But a scribe, although he enjoyed a good standing in the Jewish society, was well regarded by the people, was not a priest or a Pharisee or a Sadducee. Yet Jesus, here is a scribe who was sure of his vocation, wanted to commit himself entirely to you, because said to you that he'll follow you wherever you go. Now, this is quite a commitment, which one does not take lightly. It must come from the very depths of one's being. So Jesus, his example of what a vocation really means, a scribe, a professional man, immersed in his ordinary life, felt a strong desire to live his life with a changed outlook. Until this man met you, felt a call coming from you to follow you, he was sort of minding his own business, as it were, a pious Jewish man, a good and honest man, diligent in his work, being mindful of the needs of others, and so on. But now, Jesus, when you turned your penetrating gaze towards him, and he met yours, he felt deep in his heart that you are calling him to follow you. What a moment of great thrill and excitement there must have been to follow Jesus, the Messiah. Many years ago, when St. John Paul II was asked about what a vocation is, he replied by saying that it is a dialogue between us and Christ. He went on to say that in the hidden recesses of the human heart, the grace of a vocation takes the form of a dialogue. Is a dialogue between Christ and an individual in which a personal invitation is given. Christ calls the person by name and says, Come, follow me. This call, this mysterious inner voice of Christ, is heard most clearly in silence and prayer. Its acceptance is an act of faith.
Lord Jesus. We think about this wonderful description given by St. John Paul II in today's 10 minutes of dialogue with you as we continue our prayer. What is striking about the reference to the scribe in today's gospel is that you, Jesus, are calling all of us, all the baptized souls, and not just the priests or the religious or the missionaries, to follow you the radical commitment. There's no exception in the discipleship of Christ. There's no such thing as belonging to you, Jesus, only part-time. I'm either really fully committed to you, or not at all, really. And this is so important, Jesus. We, all of us, belong to you. Belonging to you, we must strive to live our lives in the world with a deep vocational sense of life. What is this vocational sense of life? Fundamentally, it means that whatever state in life or profession we exercise or hobbies and interests we pursue, all that should be carried out as a following of you, Jesus. Yes, following you, because it is in and with you, in living with your grace, that I continue to discover that I'm not alone, that you are with me, that you are in me. Yes, Jesus, it means that I share my life with you as you share yours with me. We are united. We are together in thoughts, desires, and actions. Then St. Paul reminded us to the Christians in Corinth when he said to them, each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you can gain your freedom, do so. For the one who was a slave and called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was free when called is Christ's slave. You're bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person is responsible to God should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Yes, Jesus, we are called, and every one of us have received a vocation, each in his, his or her current state in life, to live fully the Christian vocational sense of our life. Like Margaret, who is a graduate of MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and who is a mother of eight children. When she discovered the vocational sense of her life, she described it in this way. I think it really helps in a lot of ways. For one thing, being a homemaker is associated with a lot of drudgery, and rightly so. It's a pure drudgery, laundry. You wash the same things over and over again and over again. You fold them and put them away, and the kids get them dirty, and they get back in the laundry again. And I wash the same dishes every night. They get dirty again. I have to wash them again, and they get put away again. And I spend two hours cooking a meal. 20 minutes after it's been put on the table, it's all gone. It really is hard work, a lot of work. And if I did not have a deeper meaning to it, I'd probably be insane by now. The fact that it does, thank God, have this deeper spiritual meaning to it. It makes all the difference. I'm washing dishes for God. I'm changing diapers for God. Yes, Jesus, that's it. As Margaret says, the Christian vocational sense of all that she does is precisely what gives her the real, the true, lasting sense of her daily routine. How happy she must have been when she discovered it. So they didn't send so. Who is a textile maker in Italy who has worked in this field for more than 30 years. 
After he discovered the vocation sense of his life, things changed dramatically. He gave the following testimony. I started with some more basic things, like, like not cursing, a habit many tradesmen and workers have. I also tried to deal with people in a more positive and pleasant way, and I noticed that our Lord was helping me. Now I find it easier and I enjoy welcoming the apprentices who begin working in our business. And I try to help them grow in their Christian outlook, although I'm never sure of the results of my efforts. He continued, saying that because of the Lord's presence in my life, because I've discovered my Christian sense, the vocational sense of my life, I'm so happy now working every day the Lord's business. Yes, my business, Lord's business. Yes, Jesus, that's it. To live our Christian vocation in our daily routine, the profound vocation sense of what it means to be a Christian, to be a disciple, your follower. Jesus, I do want to follow you wherever you go. Help me never lose this vocational sense of my Christian identity. Virgin Mary, my mother, we turn to you as you're about to finish these short minutes of our dialogue with your, with your son Jesus, asking you to help us to imitate you as you lived your earthly life with the, the utmost and profound vocation sense of a daily routine. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, by God and angel, intercede for me. There's more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. We'll pray in just a few minutes. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We're celebrating the memorial of St. Irenaeus. It's Monday, June 28, 2021. I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We join the whole church in prayer now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And And my my mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of Martyrs. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of Martyrs. Come, let us sing to the Lord and shout with joy to the Rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. The Lord is God, the mighty God the great king over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. 
For he is our God, and we are his people, the flock he shepherds. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. Today, listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn, as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. Forty years I endured that generation, I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. Glory to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. Show me your mercy, Lord, and keep me safe. Show Show me your mercy, Lord, and keep me safe. Lord, do not reprove me in your anger. Punish me not in your rage. Have mercy on me, Lord. I have no strength. Lord, heal me. My body is racked. My soul is racked with pain. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, Lord, rescue my soul. Save me in your merciful love. For in death no one remembers you. From the grave, who can give you praise? I am exhausted with my groaning. Every night I drench my pillow with tears. I bedew my bed with weeping. My eye wastes away with grief. I have grown old, surrounded by my foes. Leave me, all of you who do evil. 
For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will accept my prayer. All my foes will retire in confusion, foiled, and suddenly confounded. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, you love mercy and tenderness. You give life and overcome death. Look upon the many wounds of your church. Restore it to health by your risen Son, so that it may sing a new song in your praise. Show Show me your your mercy, mercy, Lord, and keep me safe. The poor are not alone in their distress. God is here to help them. The The poor poor are not alone in their distress. God is here to help them. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will recount all your wonders. I will rejoice in you and be glad, and sing psalms to your name, O Most High. See how my enemies turn back, how they stumble and perish before you. You upheld the justice of my cause. You sat enthroned, judging with justice. You have checked the nations, destroyed the wicked, and have wiped out their name forever and ever. The foe is destroyed, eternally ruined. You uprooted their cities. Their memory has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has set up his throne for judgment. He will judge the world with justice. He will judge the peoples with his truth. For the oppressed, let the Lord be a stronghold, a stronghold in times of distress. Those who know your name will trust you. You will never forsake those who seek you. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. The The poor are not alone in their distress. God is here to help them. I will be the herald of your praises, Lord, where the people of Zion gather. I will be the herald of your praises, Lord, where the people of Zion gather. Sing psalms to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Proclaim his mighty works among the peoples, for the avenger of blood has remembered them has not forgotten the cry of the poor. Have pity on me, Lord, see my sufferings, you who save me from the gates of death, that I may recount all your praise at the gates of the city of Zion, and rejoice in your saving help. The nations have fallen in the pit which they made, their feet caught in the snare they laid. The Lord has revealed himself and given judgment, The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. Let the wicked go down among the dead, all the nations forgetful of God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, nor the hopes of the poor be in vain. Arise, Lord, let men not prevail, let the nations be judged before you. 
Lord, strike them with terror. Let the nations know they are but men. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord God, when you judge, do not be deaf to the shouts of the poor. Bring havoc to the madness of oppressors. Look at our wounds and save us from the gates of death, so that we may always rejoice in your help and speak your praise in the gates of Zion. I will be the herald of your praises, Lord, where the people of Zion gather. I have known tribulations and distress. But But in in your commands, I have have found consolation. From the books of Samuel. As they pressed their attack on Israel, with the Israelites fleeing before them and falling mortally wounded on Mount Geboa, the Philistines pursued Saul and his sons closely and slew Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua, sons of Saul. The battle raged around Saul, and archers hit him. He was pierced through the abdomen. Then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, lest these uncircumcised come and make sport of me. But his armor-bearer, badly frightened, refused to do so. So Saul took his own sword and fell upon it. After the death of Saul, David returned from his defeat of the Amalekites and spent two days in Ziklag. On the third day, a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Going to David, he fell to the ground in homage. David asked him, Where do you come from? He replied, I have escaped from the Israelite camp. Tell me what happened, David bade him. He answered that soldiers had fled the battle and that many of them had fallen and were dead. Among them, Saul and his son, Jonathan. Then David said to the youth who was reporting to him, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? The youthful informant replied, It was by chance that I found myself on Mount Geboa and and saw Saul leaning on his spear with chariots and horsemen closing in on him. He turned around and, seeing me, called to me. When I said, Here I am, he asked me, Who are you? And I replied, I am an Amalekite. Then he said to me, Stand up to me, please, and finish me off, for I am in great suffering, yet fully alive. So I stood up to him and dispatched him, for I knew that he could not survive his wound. I removed the crown from his head, and the armlet from his arm, and brought them here to you, my lord. David seized his garments and rent them, and all the men who were with him did likewise. They mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the soldiers of the Lord of the clans of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. 
Then David said to the young man who had brought him the information, Where are you from? He replied, I am the son of an Amalekite immigrant. David said to him, How is it that you were not afraid to put your hand to desecrate the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of his attendants and said to him, Come, strike him down. And the youth struck him a mortal blow. Meanwhile, David said to him, You are responsible for your own death, for you testified against yourself when you said, I dispatched the Lord's anointed. The Word of the Lord. Mountains of Gilboa, may there be neither dew nor rain upon your slopes. For For there the heroes of Israel fell in in battle. Let the Lord come to all the mountains round about. But as for you, mountains of Gilboa, he shall pass you by. For For there the heroes of Israel fell fell in battle. A reading from the Treatise Against Heresies by St. Irenaeus Bishop. The glory of God gives life. Those who see God receive life. For this reason God, who cannot be grasped, comprehended, or seen, allows himself to be seen, comprehended, and grasped by men, that he may give life to those who see and receive him. It is impossible to live without life, and the actualization of the life comes from participation in God, while participation in God is to see God and enjoy his goodness. Men will therefore see God if they are to live. Through the vision of God, they become immortal and attain God himself. As I have said, this was shown in symbols by the prophets. God will be seen by men who bear his spirit and are always waiting for his coming. As Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy, On that day we shall see, for God will speak to man and man will live. God is the source of all activity throughout creation. He cannot be seen or described in his own nature and in all his greatness by any of his creatures. Yet he is certainly not unknown. Through his word, the whole creation learns that there is one God, the Father, who holds all things together and gives them their being. As it is written in the Gospel, No man has ever seen God except the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has revealed him. From the beginning, the Son is the one who teaches us about the Father. He is with the Father from the beginning. He was to reveal to the human race visions of prophecy, the diversity of spiritual gifts, his own ways of ministry, the glorification of the Father, all in due order and harmony, at the appointed time and for our instruction. Where there is order, there is also harmony. Where there is harmony, there is also correct timing. Where there is correct timing, there is also advantage. The Word became the steward of the Father's grace for the advantage of men, for whose benefit he made such wonderful arrangements. He revealed God to men and presented men to God. He safeguarded the invisibility of the Father to prevent man from treating God with contempt and to set before him a constant goal toward which to make progress. On the other hand, he revealed God to men 
and made him visible in many ways to prevent man from being totally separated from God and so cease to be. Life in man is the glory of God. The life of man is the vision of God. If the revelation of God through creation gives life to all who live upon the earth, much more does the manifestation of the Father through the Word give life to those who see God. True teaching was in his mouth. No evil was ever found on his lips. He walked with me in goodness and in peace. My hand will be a steady help to him. My arm will give him strength. He walked with me in goodness and in peace. Let us pray. O God, who called the Bishop St. Irenaeus to confirm true doctrine and the peace of the Church, grant, we pray, through his intercession, that, being renewed in faith and charity, we may always be intent on fostering unity and concord. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 21 minutes before the hour, we'll take a look at today's Gospel in conversation with God, and we'll pray morning prayer next on Daybreak. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Monday, June 28, 2021, the Memorial of St. Irenaeus. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord says, if you're going to follow me, get busy and do it. It's from the 8th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Now when Jesus saw great crowds around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side of the lake, and a scribe came up to him. Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Follow me, and leave the dead to bury their own dead. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. All of the daily Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Well, it's easy to find ourselves thinking, what can I do in this sea of iniquity? Well, God has an answer. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 4, Ordinary Time. Holy Scripture depicts Abraham, our father in faith, as a just man in whom God rejoiced in such a special way that he confided to him the promise of the redemption of all mankind. The letter to the Hebrews speaks with emotion and joy about this holy patriarch and about all the just men of the Old Testament who died without having received what was promised but who had seen it and hailed it from afar. This is a comparison, comments St. John Chrysostom, taken from navigators at sea. When they see afar off the city they are making for, although they have not yet entered its harbor, they burst into excited cheers. Although in this life the patriarchs and the just of old times did not come to possess the redemption that had been promised or to share in the union that we can now enjoy with the only begotten Son of God, Yahweh treated them as intimate friends and confided fully in them. Because of their faith, 
and their fidelity, he often overlooked the errors made by so many others of their contemporaries. Many men of those generations were saved because they were friends of those friends of God. When God proposed the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah on account of the many sins committed there, he communicated this thought to Abraham. Abraham felt that he shared the responsibility of those people. Then Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou indeed destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou then destroy the place and not spare it for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it? Abraham is full of confidence in God. And God replies, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. But it was impossible to find fifty righteous men. And Abraham had to reduce his original number of just men. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Suppose forty-five are found there. And God says to him, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. But there were not forty-five either. And Abraham went on interceding with God. Suppose forty are found there. Thirty, twenty. Finally, it was clear that there were not even ten just men in that city. The last time Abraham made his petition, God had said, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. God would have forgiven everybody in the whole place out of love for ten just men. Such is the value in God's eyes of saintly souls. He is prepared to go to any lengths for them. Scripture often speaks of solidarity and evil in the sense that the sins of some can cause harm to the whole community. But Abraham turns the terms the other way around. He asks God who esteems the justice of the saints so highly that it may be the saints who cause blessings to come down upon everyone, even though many are sinners. And God accepts this approach of the patriarchs. We can meditate today on God's joy and delight when he sees us struggling to be faithful to him. We can meditate on the value our actions may have when we do them for God. This is true of even our most inconspicuous actions, deeds that we may think nobody sees and that apparently have little in them of transcendence. God sets great store by those who struggle for sanctity. God's delight is in the saints. It is for their sake that he pours out his mercy and his forgiveness on others who may have done nothing themselves to merit it. It is a wonderful, but at the same time, a real mystery that God so delights in those who journey towards sanctity. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Let's pray now. We're joined by the whole church, led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. I lift up my heart to you, O Lord, and you will hear my morning prayer. I lift up my heart to you, O Lord, and you will hear my morning prayer. To my words, give ear, O Lord. Give heed to my groaning. Attend to the sound of my cries, my King and my God. It is you whom I invoke, O Lord. In the morning you hear me. 
In the morning I offer you my prayer, watching and waiting. You are no God who loves evil. No sinner is your guest. The boastful shall not stand their ground before your face. You hate all who do evil. You destroy all who lie. The deceitful and bloodthirsty man the Lord detests. But I, through the greatness of your love, have access to your house. I bow down before your holy temple, filled with awe. Lead me, Lord, in your justice. Because of those who lie in wake, make clear your way before me. No truth can be found in their mouths. Their heart is all mischief, their throat a wide open grave. All honey their speech. All those you protect shall be glad and wring out their joy. You shelter them. In you they rejoice, those who love your name. It is you who bless the just man, Lord. You surround him with favor, as with a shield. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, all justice and all goodness comes from you. You hate evil and abhor lies. Lead us, your servants, in the path of your justice, so that all who hope in you may rejoice with the Church and in Christ. I lift up my heart to you, O Lord, and you will hear my morning prayer. We praise your glorious name, O Lord, our God. We praise your glorious name, O Lord, our God. Blessed may you be, O Lord, God of Israel, our Father, from eternity to eternity. Yours, O Lord, are grandeur and power, majesty, splendor, and glory. For all in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the sovereignty. You are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor are from you, and you have dominion over all. In your hands are power and might. It is yours to give grandeur and strength to all. Therefore, our God, we give you thanks, and we praise the majesty of your name. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. We praise your glorious name, O Lord, our God. Adore the Lord in his holy court. Adore, Adore the, the Lord, Lord in his, his holy court. O give the Lord, you sons of God, give the Lord glory and power. Give the Lord the glory of his name. Adore the Lord in his holy court. The Lord's voice. Resounding on the waters, the Lord on the immensity of waters, the voice of the Lord full of power, the voice of the Lord full of splendor. The Lord's voice shattering the cedars, the Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. 
the Lord's voice flashes flames of fire. The Lord's voice shaking the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The Lord's voice rending the oak tree and stripping the forest bare. The God of glory thunders. In his temple they all cry, Glory! The Lord sat enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it, as was, it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. You live forever, Lord and King. All things of the earth justly sing your glory and honor. Strengthen your people against evil, that we may rejoice in your peace and trust in your eternal promise. Adore, Adore the, the Lord in his, his holy court. A reading from Second Corinthians. Praised be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all consolation. He comforts us in all our afflictions, and thus enables us to comfort those who are in trouble with the same consolation we have received from him. As we have shared much in the suffering of Christ, so through Christ do we share abundantly in his consolation. The Word of the Lord. The Lord is my strength, and I shall sing his praise. The Lord is my strength, and I shall sing his praise. The Lord is my Savior, and I shall sing his praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord is my strength, and I shall sing his praise. Irenaeus, true to his name, made peace the aim and object of his life and he labored strenuously for the peace of the church. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. 
Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Irenaeus, true to his name, made peace the aim and object of his life, and he labored strenuously for the peace of the Church. Our Savior's faithfulness is mirrored in the fidelity of his witnesses who shed their blood for the word of God. Let us praise him in remembrance of them. You redeemed us by your blood. Your martyrs freely embraced death in bearing witness to the faith. Give us the true freedom of the Spirit, O Lord. You redeemed us by your blood. Your martyrs professed their faith by shedding their blood. Give us a faith, O Lord, that is constant and pure. You redeemed us by your blood. Your martyrs followed in your footsteps by carrying the cross. Help us to endure courageously the misfortunes of life. You redeemed us by your blood. Your martyrs washed their garments in the blood of the Lamb. Help us to avoid the weaknesses of the flesh and worldly allurements. You redeemed us by your blood. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us pray. O God, who called the Bishop St. Irenaeus to confirm true doctrine and the peace of the Church, grant, we pray, through his intercession, that, being renewed in faith and charity, we may always be intent on fostering unity and concord. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Morning Air Next. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the app. Go out now, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. 10 Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.